Talofalava and aloha, everybody. Welcome back to the Fire Knife Life podcast. We took a a break last week because of the loss we had with our family. I'm in Oregon right now with my dad for uh, my uncle's funeral. My dad's brother passed. And uh, like I said on Facebook and on Instagram, that this episode is for my uncle Samu. And uh, what better way to bring back the podcast and Mongomu Week to kick it off than to have my older brother, BJ, uh, as my guest. It's one of the most requested episodes I've ever been asked to do. Uh, he's a three-time world champion. He's a two-time intermediate champion. He's a two- or three-time champion in California. Like, he's done it all. He's a singer. He's a dancer. He's a musician. TikTok superstar. He has almost 400,000 subscribers on uh, TikTok. He also has 3,000 subscribers on his YouTube channel. So it's pretty crazy to see my brother uh, growing this way, man. We've been through a lot of ups and downs. And you get to hear... How our family is, so it's pretty cool. So without further ado, let's get into the episode with my big bro. Oh, Ron. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I have to edit this first part out, but I'm glad I'm glad you uh, you're on. <laughs> you want to take forever? Oh yeah, take forever. Okay, so I'm gonna say three, two, one, and then we'll start the video. All right, I mean the the podcast. Okay, one, two, three. Three, two, one. Welcome to Aloha Love, everybody, to the Fire Knife Life podcast. This is your world champion, Fire Knife Dancer, Rexy Umalu. You can find me on Instagram at Rexy Umalu and follow us on that Mana Life on Instagram and our website at manacollective.com. Well, guys, there's this is a no brainer to bring this guy onto the podcast because my last name carries some weight in the Fire Knife. Uh, Finite world, and I couldn't have this podcast without the older brother. Many of you know him, and if you have seen him on uh, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube over the years, this guy is you know, he's an unsung champion, you know what I mean. And this is my uh, my one of my biggest inspirations in the in the entertainment industry of Polynesian entertainment. Everyone, let's give it up for my older brother, Via Via Timalu Jr. How you doing, man? Uh. Hey, 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 yes, uh, yes, doing I, good, uh, doing good, doing good, doing good. Happy to be here. Happy to be here on this podcast, and thank you for inviting me, bro. Oh, of course, man. You know, I, I think I would have gotten the most comments like, "Why don't you ever invite your brother on?" Well, you know, I, you have a busy schedule. You know, VJ doesn't live here in Orlando anymore. He, uh, he lives in Maui, so we have a time difference. He's, uh. Performing? How many days are you performing at Tiantis now? Almost six days, five days. Five days. Well, yeah. uh, six nights. Six nights. Yeah, man. So this guy is a, is a busy man. You know, his uh, entertainment runs in our blood, as uh, as I've mentioned in other podcasts and uh, with our other guests that we we've come from uh, the East Coast side of the United States where we learned our culture. So I think. I think the first question we should ask is, uh, I know this, but I think I think uh, the world should know. How did you get into Fire Knife dancing, and uh, kind of how old were you when uh, when Fire Knife first came on the scene? Well, uh, like I said, thank you for having me on. But um, I started I started at a very very early age, like around three four years old. Um, 
for the people that don't know, but you know, we were raised around it. Um, since we were freaking babies, like we were born and raised in the in the dressing room. So, you know, mom and dad taking us around, uh, doing uh -huh. shows around Florida, around the East Coast, you know, just traveling. And um, dad was the fire knife dancer. Mom was the was the was the dancer. She was the the Polynesian dancer. And then so, you know, they took us around and yeah. and we, our our uncles and aunties around us did it, you know, and they also came from they also came from Hawaii and and Samoa, Tahiti, Tonga, like, you know, a bunch of the Polynesian islands came to Florida for entertainment and you know, back in the seventies. So just being born around that in the nineties was was pretty cool. Yeah, you know, I, I've, uh, I was really young when VJ started to do Fire Knife. I think I was just a baby when uh, VJ started uh, really his journey through this uh, Polynesian entertainment. You know, it didn't really kind of dawn on me that we were that dancing was different, especially our culture. You know, what is a, uh, what does the culture mean? Like, what has the culture meant to you? You know, and uh, being in Hawaii, performing your culture on Polynesian soil, what is that like? Uh, for you um it's actually a surreal feeling mm -hmm. um it's very surreal it's like you're you're in the aina you know you're on the land of where our ancestors came from mm -hmm. and when you perform you know in this land it's you know it's very uplifting you feel the mana here mana mm -hmm. meaning spirit you you feel the spirit here a lot more um, you feel more closer to the to the land, to the culture, when you're here in Hawaii. So it's you know it's different from Florida, much different, mm -hmm. but it uh, still the same mana, still the same mana. Yeah, you know I I've danced with you around all these big stages in Florida, and I've yet to share the stage with you in Hawaii. Maybe soon that'll take place. But out of One all day. the shows you've been in, you know if you if you can share with us where Fire Knife is taking you, because I'll get that out of the way first before we get into the championships and the competition. I really want to get the audience viewpoints on where Fire Knife can take you more than any other dance in, uh, in the culture. I feel Fire Knife is the gateway to many abilities, many opportunities. Yeah. So, well, I mean, first of all, you're dealing with fire and people love to see the fire. You know, I mean, honestly, people love to watch the luau. People love to watch the dances. People love to watch all the dances in the different parts. But, you know, when you come to a luau and there's a fire knife dancer, that's the main part that you want to see. And that's what everyone is waiting for. They're all waiting for the fire dance, mm -hmm. you know. And so I believe that fire knife could take you all over the world. You know, fire knife has given me so many blessings you know um starting off with sea world dancing at sea world you know starting off dancing at universal at 11 years old professionally and then dancing at disney world at the at the luau show at the polynesian village resort and also the festival of the lion king stage and and now i'm in in hawaii Nei dancing all the way on the other side of the world and you could also dance fire knife in the circus 
Yeah. So it's like, and and a lot of people love to see fire knife dances in their weddings, in parties. Mm-hmm. Um, you can make, you know, do side gigs off of just being a fire knife dancer. Like you could do so many things mm-hmm. with just being a Sibafi fire knife dancer. I don't recommend people to just go out and do it and make money. I mean, it's good to make money, but you got to be good at what you do before you go out and make that money. Yeah. I th- I think that's a huge thing now because uh to be on the level that, you know, VJ and Mika and all these guys are, it takes a lot of skill and a lot of hard work. And I think one of the greatest greatest blessings in my life was to see VJ and Mika create things together. So, if you could share with the audience, you know, a lot of people came on this podcast and talked about how much you and Mika have, you know, impacted the Fire Night world, but how has he impacted you, you know? How has he uh Oh, dude, he's... Uh, because it, over the years, you know, I got to see you guys create du- duet routines together. Yeah. How how has Mika in- impacted yeah. your life, you know? Dude, if if I... If me and him never crossed paths, like, I don't think, you know, things could have happened the way they've happened. You know what I mean? Um, we I feel like we were destined to, to meet each other. Um, long story short, when I first met Mika... I was in, I think I was like in fifth or sixth grade, mm-hmm. fifth or sixth grade. I think I was in sixth grade when I first met Mika and um, I met him at a luau show. Uncle Isi, his dad, um, was was running a show. I think it was, it was at some uh, convention hall or something like for some group or company or whatever. And... Uh, I didn't know Uncle Isi had a son, you know? I didn't know. I thought I, I always saw Uncle Isi at shows. And then so when I first met his son, Mika, and I saw him doing Fire Knife, and I don't know what it was, but, you know, he he passed me the stick. He passed me one of the practice sticks. He had a practice stick, and we just, we just you know, like be, before the luau show, we just went on the side somewhere, and we just started spinning, you know? We just started talking and spinning with each other, and, and then all of a sudden, one thing led to another. We started talking about fire knife competition. We started talking about people, uh, contestants that competed back in 1995, 1996. <laughs> and when we started talking about that, like from the get-go, like we didn't even mean to, but we just connected like that. Like it just, it's like, it's like a rope, you know, when you're when you're braiding it together. You know, like when you when you finally intertwine it, that's what happened with me and Mika. We came together and we just got close, and that was it. And nothing, nothing's ever broken us apart ever since. Yeah, man. And I think, I think not a lot of people know that. You know, you know, Mika, yeah. of course, was a big part of the Fire Night world and still is. But I think that you know, you and him really, you know. Yeah developed each other you guys are style is very similar even though there is some uh differences between you two and i think yeah it's more yeah. i think it's the first part well, honestly of outside of oh sorry what were you gonna say bro no and i i just wanted to say that like honestly he's he's a very very big part without him and you know without him coming into my life i wouldn't be where i'm at today i wouldn't be a champion if if i never got to be um mm-hmm. Or if, if I never got to, you know, meet and grow up with, yeah. with with Mika. And I'm so grateful to to have met him. 
And especially at that age, like I was, I think I was like, uh, I think I was like 11 or 10 or 11 when I first met him. And he was like, like 14, like 13 or 14 when I met him. Uh Yeah, he's. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was like 12 or 13 when I met him and it was crazy. Yeah, man. I think. What I loved about you guys' relationship was kind of like the first Friday Night Brotherhood I saw. Because me and you, of course, we're brothers. We're blood brothers. So, of course, we're going to always be close in a way. But you guys had a different uh, a different just way of doing things. You know, we used to make fun of the 1995 video of David Fahmali and all that stuff, you know. And I think yeah. the the bond we have with the fire is such a, is such a crazy thing. So, let's take it back. To 2004 and I, I i i always bring this up on other podcasts that the day that i saw you and mika get standing ovations and you guys were in two different uh categories was that what was that like going from 2004 and then competing in worlds for the first time in 2005 like do you remember uh what the talk was between you or you know alvin or or mika about, i mean about like I want to be in the world competition. Was it just something that after the Huike competition in 2004, you wanted to do? Because I, me being young, I really don't really remember how it all happened. I just remember Mika coming to the house one, uh, all of a sudden and then, bam. Yeah. Well, 2004, um, I think that was the year that, you know, everything was starting to come together. Um, as for fire knife dancing, because that's when I, you know, I was getting older, I was getting a little bit older, and I started to realize, like, you know, this is really, this is really what I want to do, you know, professionally, and I want to, you know, I, I felt, I, I felt it so much inside. I felt like I loved fire knife so much to the point where I was ready. Like I felt like I was ready, and I knew that I wanted to do it from the, from the moment that I just got off that stage after competing in 2004 at the Hoike competition in Orlando. Uh Um, Even being with Mika that day and seeing him do the three knife like that for the first time. Yeah. No one has ever seen it. No one's, no one in the world has ever seen that. Yeah. Not alone Orlando. No one in the world has ever seen that. And he brought that out in 2004 when he was 14 years old. Miko was 14 when he brought that out. Yeah, I, I remember that. Him and uh, he, wore, was, he was wearing that poly. It was just... The, the poly Fuyonra, yeah. Out of nowhere. He, he came out. When I saw that and he did the three knife, I was instantly mind blown. I'm like, dude, this guy one day and now he's a, a, a five-time world champion yeah and i'm and and just to see him glow that day like i kind of like i i knew that he was gonna win Mm -hmm. i knew it i just knew it because Mm -hmm. i mean like i didn't even watch him i saw him practice outside but i just knew he was gonna win i knew and i i have that connection with him you know i'm so i'm just grateful for him yeah man i'll be grateful yeah i think when you both won your divisions in uh in 2004 i kind of knew that you know because vj i mean vj mika during that time he was in the juniors you know he he went to hawaii twice 
you know, and he got second place in the, in the intermediates and then coming home and dancing in front of the, the people that we grew up with and having you and V, I mean, you and Mika standing ovations, winning your divisions and all of us in the back, knowing that you two are to this day, the blueprint of what Florida is. When people think about Florida, I feel like they go back to you two. I think they go back to you two. Like Tooney now, he's, he's coming in as well. You know, he's always been there as well, but it's, there was always a bond. There was always something in between you guys. So in 2005, you know, when we had that fundraiser and all of that and, and dancing at the Mercado and all of that and that prep to go to Worlds was kind of a crazy thing because it was all of Orlando was kind of watching that because it was kind of like the first time. It wasn't just Mika. It was you and Philip and, and Mika at the same time going to represent Orlando in the world stage. And so take us to La E when you're there, you're a newbie, you know what I mean? You didn't, you didn't know you were going to win, but like, what was that feeling like when you first got to see PCC, you got to see everything because all of people that know me and VJ, we love the, the PCC videos and things like that. What was it like being there and walk us through that whole experience of you going on stage and then hearing your name as the champion? Um. 2005, the year 2005, mm-hmm. um, I was 13 years old. Mika, Mika Eleoloa was 15, and I think Philip Mauingoa, uh, how old was he at that time, 11? Yeah, yeah, we're the same age, so I think we were like 10 or 11 at that time. Yeah, he was 11 years old, and um, I, I didn't know what to think. I mean... I, I, I knew that I felt that we were going to, you know, just go up there and, and do what we do best. And Mika was already competing already before me. Uh, um, Mika was competing way before me. So I feel like, but it was his first time in the seniors, you know, at the age of 15. So, and I was, it was my first time ever competing in the world uh, competition, especially for the juniors. And then, so we, when we got there, I remember we were flying together. I'll, I'll never forget. We were, me and Mika, flying together for the first uh, two years. Mm-hmm. And yeah, actually, the first the two to three years, we were flying to California. But anyway, sorry. But 2005, when we got there, it was surreal. It was, you know, I haven't been to uh, the Polynesian Culture Center PCC in. Um, ever since I was, how old was I the last time? I think I was like five or six the last time I went to PCC before I went to PCC mm-hmm. at 13. Um, so I didn't, I didn't remember anything, but I always, I always thought as PCC as a magical place, Hawaii in general is a magical place where I thought, you know, it was like make-believe, you know, every time I landed in Hawaii, it felt like I was in a different world. So when I, when we got there, it was just like surreal. We, Me and Miko were walking through, you know, Uncle EC and, and our dad was walking through and I'm just, we're, we're just like, whoa, like, man, this is about to happen. And Philip was his first time too. And we're all just together as a family, you know, we're just, we, we, we were nervous, but we just wanted to go and dance, you know, we just wanted to perform and meet everybody. And I was so excited when I first, you know, started meeting all the competitors and me and Mika, we were just like walking around and Philip and 
meeting everybody and laughing. And I remember when I first met uh, Cielo Avel. Oh, yeah. At that, at that year, too. Uh, Chief Cielo Avel, for those who don't know, he is the man. Uh, he is the man with the plan. Um, that guy is that guy's a huge, huge inspiration um, for for me. Like even if it wasn't for for him, I even just him in general. If it wasn't for him, it's he's he plays a big part too. Because when I when I first met him that year. I almost broke down. Like that's how crazy it was. And me and and me and Mika met him. Oh yeah, you guys first met him together. Yeah, that's crazy. Me and Mika, yeah. Me and me and him met him together. I I don't know if Mika might have met him before me, but when I first met Cielo was with Mika. Oh man, yeah. I still have we so, still have that picture in the house with you, Mika, and uh, Cielo. Man, that was that's a crazy picture. Uh, uh, dude, that. That's like it was like destined, you know, just that picture alone. Oh man! So like you're you're getting ready, you know, you you're in 2005, and you're you know before you, I think, I think Jazz was the champion before you, and then uh, you were going against the Lovatai brothers, Julius, all those guys. What was that like to see the people that you've seen on video? Now you're going against them. What was that like? Oh man, it felt so awesome. It felt amazing. It 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 just it, it's just like a like a way of saying, man, like is this real or like it just didn't feel real. It felt like yeah. a dream. It felt like it felt like things were coming together. Yeah, man. And just being on that stage for the first time, I was nervous, but I just I just wanted to show people who mm-hmm. who I am and and what I what I wanted to bring to the fire knife stage and I was just happy to perform honestly like I wanted to win I wanted to compete but I was just I was just happy to perform and you did mm-hmm. and 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 when I when I first met uh Hogan Toomalatai which is another performer another competitor I've been watching him all my life and when i got to meet him for the first time in 2005 when he I, th- I think he was 22 years old at the time he competed in the seniors and i met him and i was so starstruck i was starstruck when i met yeah, hogan lucky guy i still haven't hey and uh for for those who are listening to the podcast um if you ever go to hong kong go check out uh, Festival of the Lion King, and go check out my boy uh, Hogan Tomalatai, Falaniko, uh, Sakayo, and uh, the rest. Oh, and Antonio, and the rest of the boys out there that uh, fire knife dance in Hong Kong. Yes, those, yes, sir. Those guys are the Samoan, the Samoan squad, man. So, yeah, I, I think that was a crazy time in, in the because when you dance, it was at nighttime. You know what I mean? So. And in Florida, it was a different time zone. I just remember mom coming into my room and saying, oh, BJ won. And I was like, what? Like, the first time, you know what I mean? You, we, I think for us, it wasn't back then. The competing was just, I wouldn't say it was the natural step, but it was just something that just came out of nowhere. And then when I heard that, you know, when they, when they announced you as first, how did you feel? Because that was like the first time ever 
to hear Polifano or Delta say first place to you, like, how did you feel in that moment? Overwhelmed with, uh, with love, overwhelmed with uh, gratitude, um, just so grateful, so, so grateful for 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 those who have came into our lives um the one person that i thought of when i won oh, was yeah. Oklahoma. he was uh he was one guy that i thought of when i won because you know you know he was sick and he was going through he was going through cancer and chemotherapy and uh you know he he kind of he kind of started it off too for me as well he was right in the beginning of my journey i was watching his videos like crazy and uh, I was hooked on him too. So he was the first person I thought of, and I would, I just, I was just so overwhelmed with love, man. Like I was just in awe, yeah. just grateful, just so grateful for for everyone that's mm-hmm. come into my life and that's led me here to the to the fire knife world. Yeah, especially at that time, and seeing dad, seeing you know, seeing dad on the side, so proud, like. Like he knew, you know, he pushed us so hard to get where we were at. You know, I feel like also with dad, you know, he, um, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. I wouldn't be where I'm at in the fire knife world. And like, I don't, I don't, I don't see any coach as hard as him. Like he, he pushed us Mm -hmm. so dang hard. (laughs) Like he pushed us hard to the, you know, to some points where, you know, like man, should we still do this? But he pushed us hard because he knew that he he knew that we were capable of doing it. You know, and that's, yeah. I think so. You know, see dad, and of course, your dad is dad is such a funny person, and he is hard at times. You know what I mean? But I think he does. He, I mean, you know, as great as our inspirations were, man, dad dad was there through every competition. So I think. Well, this is like fast forwarding a little bit, but when we both went, I think I forgot what year we both went. And dad wasn't there. It felt weird without him. I mean, it felt really weird because yeah. he's always there. Yeah. And so, I think. Yeah. And then you know, he's yeah. been there since the beginning. So, man. shout out to dad. You know, shout out to mom. And you know, oh, and then 2006. You know, we'll we're kind of gonna graze through this. We're not really gonna, you know, go in depth of every year that BJ's won something because then we this will be a five hour long podcast but in 2006 i started i mean i i started my competition journey in worlds and when you came back knowing that you won the year before because people didn't know you were going to two two feet because not a lot of fire dancers especially in the intermediate division like did a a two peat you know just like it, it was probably like just Melanie or uh, the Slades, you know what I mean? That, that's done that in the past. But was there any pressure on you? Did you ever felt any pressure on you in 2006 when you were the two-peat of the intermediate championships? Or are you just like going in as like another day in the office kind of thing? Because we were young, but what was it like for you? Yeah, I. you know what? I was – I didn't have mm-hmm. that much fear at that time. Uh, I feel like I have more fear now – as that I'm older than when I was that time when I was 16 or no, when I was mm-hmm. 14 at that time, I had no, fear, yeah, man. Man. I, I remember watching you that, that time. Like I, 
like I went in, I went in both of those years. Like I was nervous, but you know, everyone's nervous. But just going up there, I was just flowing. Like I was just yeah going through it, you know. Now I feel more pressure. Now I feel more, you know, anxiety about it. But, you know, you know, when you're younger, you're just like, yeah, you know, you know, when you're a kid, you don't, you don't think about the yeah. fear. You just go. But when you, once you, when you get older, it's like a whole different mm-hmm. ball game. So you gotta, you know, you gotta adapt through the times. You gotta, you gotta figure out how to train yeah. uh, your mindset to become stronger. Cause we're not the little kid anymore with that crazy imagination we, we got to recreate it when we're older yeah i think i think i was so inspired for you because when i went to the 6 through 11 division i was really young so I, I didn't think and i had the pressure coming on me because i'm the little brother of you so people are like oh that's bj's little brother yeah. i wonder and i felt pressure i i definitely felt it during that time but to see you jam that night you know uh winning again i got to see what it was like to see you win in person and to see you in your element because i've seen you in shows up to that point but see you in competition mode and seeing the the crowd wow and and things like that and then when when that happened i i was that was like the most proudest year i feel like in, in our fire knife career but you know 2007 came you made the semifinals, yeah. but then 2008 was the time where you got to sit on that mantle that every Fire Knife dancer dreams of is sitting up on that mantle that carried around, you know, E.P. So and all those guys at that point. So take me back because 2007, we'll take on it the back. Chair, we'll yeah. open it up. You know, 2007, you know, you made the semis and we, we, we were like for sure that you were going to make the finals and then, you know, when we won and things like that. And 2008 came and it was just like a whole switch of Rooney, you know, and we'll take it back to the semifinals night of 2008. You know, how did you feel? when they called your name for top three with uh, Mika and Joseph, that was kind of like the first year that you guys were, yeah, top three. I was, uh, first I was super grateful. At the same time, I was like super shocked. Um, I just couldn't believe that I even made it to the top three in the finals. I, I, I just didn't know what to think. Like it was my first time I, you know, I've been watching, Fire Knife competition videos since I was a little kid and then just be being in the top three for the first time at an early age at 16 years old, you know, with my brother Mika and now with Joseph, which is, you know, he's definitely my brother now too. Um, that was, that was unreal. It was, it was one of the best feelings that I've ever felt. And I just, I just couldn't wait. I just couldn't wait to perform in the finals, and I just couldn't wait to perform again. Yeah, I, I remember that when they called you in 2008. You know, for the finals, I just remember looking at Dad, and I was like, I, like all those years, you know what I mean? You you put in three years in the in the the competition at that point, and I was like, I think this is the turnaround point because you, you know, Orla- uh, Miko was representing Orlando at that time, you know, at, before Waialua, and yeah. I remember that finals night with you and him, what was it like going against Miko for the first time and, and Joseph? Because those two were, and still are, you know, great ambassadors of the sport, great guys. Like, what was it like going against them in the finals? Because I don't think you guys are really competitive. You guys were laughing in the back. You guys are friends. You know what I mean? It wasn't really a competitive vibe. Yeah. Oh, dude. You know, you know what's so crazy that 
when I first mm-hmm. met Joseph, when I first met Joseph, and I already knew Mika, like me and Mika, like clicked. But then when I first met Joseph 2006, when I won the juniors in mm-hmm. 2006, um, that like we just clicked too. And I, when I first saw him practice and perform, I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy's going to do some damage in the competition. And he definitely did, made it to the finals. And he's been in the finals ever since that year, yeah. 2006. But, you know, just competing with him too was an honor, such a freaking honor. Um, grateful at the same time, and just just happy, just mm-hmm. happy that I got to that I got to um, compete. Yeah, with man. Them. And then, then I think the most nerve wracking part of the Fire Knife competition that whole weekend is when they're announcing who is gonna win. And I just remember uh, in 2008 when you know we'll 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 fast forward a little bit. You you won this competition. And stuff, but you know, I was with Quincy and just waiting. What were you feeling in that moment when Pule was announcing the names? You know, were you just like, "Oh man, woof!" Like I, if... mm-hmm. well, I, I feel like I, I feel like you know everyone feels this. You know, especially who um whoever that's been in the finals. You know, to all the Fire Knife dancers who's been in the finals, they all know when you're standing there. And your heart is beating so fast and the adrenaline goes up, the anxiety goes up. Everything just shoots to the roof because you're trying to like, like you can't hold back your emotion. There's so much going on. And the, and the, that's what's going on, you know, for, for every guy who's been up there, especially me, we all feel it. We're all just like, whew, like we're, we're just shaking and trembling, waiting to hear what's, what's, gonna, what's yeah. about to happen, you know. And then, you know, they announced when they said second place, one of them is from Florida because Joseph got third. And and like we mentioned, you know, Mika represented Florida at that time. And I was like, you know, no matter what happens, it goes home. It goes to Orlando. Yeah. 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 To tell you the truth, you know, it like to me, like if I didn't win that day, it's okay because I'm I would lose to two champions, you know, to two guys who, to two guys who, who a lot of guys cannot touch, you know? So it's like, okay, that's fine, you know, but, you know, just to win, I was, it was definitely an honor. Definitely. You know, if if I would have lost that day too, that would have been fine as well, you know, but I'm, I'm just grateful. Man, I, just I love I love this, you know, this talk because, you know, we see those videos, we see the end result, but we don't really see the hard work that you that you put in. And, you know, what was that like when you were sitting on that chair and there were, you know, the, the crowd was going crazy and the, you know, just like every video that we've seen, you know, they're carrying you around. But what was that like to be lifted up? on that thing where many of the champions before you have sat, you know, Mika has, and all of those people that we watch on videos. What did you feel in that moment? Because, because you, you did that twice afterwards, but there's nothing like the first time that you, you know, got to experience. I think the first time was like, I think the first time was, a, was the bomb, man. It was mm-hmm. definitely the, I think my favorite one, because it was my first time. And all these 
memories just started, you know, flushing back. Like, like my memory went back to, to memory lane. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, it's like my whole timeline just mm-hmm. came right in front of me. Just, just started showing me movies of, of what happened in my life before, and you know, how everything just started. It was, yeah, it was crazy, man. And like just sitting up there and, and hearing Bula La yeah and everyone's cheering and just sitting up there on the on the chair and oh man I'm I just thought about all the champions that were up there. Ifi So'o, Pati Levasa, David Naliai, Mikaele, Alex Naliai, um yeah. Nico, Joseph, uh Umi um, am I missing Cielo. anybody? Cielo Avea. You pretty much hit everybody. Um, I, I hope we're not missing anybody. Pati Levasa. Yeah. Yeah. All, all those guys, all those guys got to sit on that, yeah. on that chair. <laughs> I remember when they were practicing sitting on, like, they were practicing every, the, to lift the chair up. And uh, David Diave said, "Hey Rex, you want to sit on that chair?" That's 2006. You know what I mean? I'm, you know what I mean? I'm new, and I sat on that chair, and they lifted me up, and I was like, "Dang, man! Hopefully one day." Well, that day hasn't come yet, but I was just like, "Man, I, I didn't even win, and this feels great." You know what I mean? And so, like, I think, I think what you have done is like trailblaze a whole set of new generation of fire knife dancers here. You know, there was the you know, the Uncle Homa and the Schwenke era. There was the Danny and Junior era. And then there's the, you know, the Mika and BJ era, which to me, because of the people that, yeah, because of the, the guys Florida, that yeah. before us, gave us that platform for us to do more, you know. And for me, like, mm-hmm. I was, I wouldn't say I was in the shadow, but I was always behind you guys because, you know, I, I was just in awe. I, I'm glad that I got to. Yeah. dance along with you guys and you know I, I, some things here and there with you guys and just be just be in the presence of you guys you know you and me I think I think I think another person that's that's been around um that's been around us especially in the fire knife world in Orlando yeah is, Martini, uh, man. Martini gotta... man I dude he's he's a he's a huge he's another big part Another big part, not only in the Fire Knife world, but of Orlando. I'll never forget, he, he started Fire Knife before I did. When he started lighting it up, he started before me. He actually started lighting it up when he was, oh my gosh, how old was he? Was he like five or six or, yeah, was he like six or seven? He was so young when he first started with the fire, like the actual fire. And I remember he used to perform at the Orlando competition when he was a kid. And then he would compete um, for the whole weekend when he was a little kid. And then I remember when he performed for our cousin's wedding. Oh, for um, oh, Lay's wedding. Yeah, I, remember I remember Lay. Lay. Yeah. For Lay's wedding. And when I saw that, too, and I was like, wow, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, seeing an, another yeah. another kid like us, you know. At a at a young yeah. age doing fire, and um and and now like even even yeah. before he's always been a hammer. Like I remember when I when I the first time I got to spin with him together, uh when we were 
How old was I? Yeah. I think I was in middle school at the time. Me and Alemo were in middle school at the time. Yeah. And he was he was about to be a freshman in high school. And I remember he was dancing and we all got to dance together. It was for a Boy Scouts uh, a Boy Scouts um yeah. rally or something like that. And he I Alemo got to perform, then I got to perform. And then he got to perform. And when I Another saw him perform, I was like, yeah. man, this guy's super fast. Yeah, like he's not only a lefty, but I was like, dang, he's fast. His hands are good. Like, holy, yeah. like, holy cow. This think, guy is yeah. like, the, like this guy. Like, 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 like this guy is going to hit it. And he's always, he's, I've been watching him. I grew yeah. up watching him too. So shout out to my, That's shout pretty, out to yeah. my Uso, man. Like, dude, he's. To me, to me, he's one of the best in the world. Honestly, like, like he, he. If it wasn't for him in my in my Fire Night journey as well, you know, I wouldn't be here. I feel like, I feel like, you know, I, I, he had to be there, and I had to be there for him. He had to be there for me, um, especially in the Fire Knife world because we, 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 we grew up in the same shows. He grew up at the at the Sea World show as us with our parents and and with his dad and we grew up watching the same fire knife dancers yeah growing up and yeah man dude toonie's another uh Orlando yeah, I think, boy man the other I mean, old town boy you know toonie is a lot older than us you know what i mean and so when we were starting our fire knife journey and toonie said this on our whole talk you know when we started our fire knife journey Timmy was there, but he was mostly in the sports and things like that. And I've always wondered what would have been like if he hung out with us more, if he was with us, you know, how how uh, our relationship would be. Not that it's, not that it's whatever, but if we, we were all fine. Dancers. I wonder what it would have been like if we all trained with each other, me, you, Tooney, and Mika, how how crazy that would have been to be like we were the, the younger generation of fire knife dancers uh, out of this place. And now there's younger People like Chris yeah. and Akili and all those guys. So hopefully, see us as a blueprint of what they can achieve. You know what I mean? So, shout out to shout out to Tooney. You know, like yeah, you know, yeah. a lot of people see us and with him or you know, we're always kind of like, you know, it's we're kind of like separated, but we are bonded by 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 Fire Knife. You know, so I think you know, there's no animosity. There has been yeah. no animosity between any of us. We we're we're just the lovers no. of the sport. But- no, there, there's no, there's no, um, yeah. there's there's nothing that can break that that bond of Orlando. You know, we've we all grew up in the same shows. We all grew up around the same people that performed. We grew up around the entertainment business since the beginning. So we were we were you know destined to. To, to to do something with our talents, you know. He like like we all found out at an early age, you know, me, you, Tuni and, and Mika all living in Florida. We all yeah. found out at an early age that we loved something and that is to perform. That is to entertain. That is to 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 just show yeah. um, the people who we are, you know, and yeah. our culture. You know, and, and I that's and I think... always been with all of us. We're like the the byproducts, and we all get to do what we love to do all the time. Me, you, Mika, and Tunes. We get to, you know, Fire Knife was not just a piece of our life. We get to do it now, yeah. you know. For like, a, 
like like I'll never forget the time when um when I when I was training to become a fire knife dancer at Disney. Um it was 2011, mm-hmm. the year 2011 or 12. Oh wait, no, it was 2011. And um that was the year that I was mm-hmm. going to go compete for my for my second title. And um I was going to Disney World. We were practicing. Yeah. And I was going to go in, and Tooney was my trainer. He was the one that was, you know, showing me the ropes at Disney and showing me what to do and, and uh, you know, showing me the cues, the do's and don'ts over there at the Luau. And and I feel like that's when I really got to um, bond with him yeah. close. Like, like, me and him got closer. Yeah. When we, when we bonded that time because all we did bro all we did was talk about fire knife all we did was spin and and just do what we love to do and and, and live our passion and hang out and eat and practice some more and train and 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 then and then i remember i remember like we would just you know like we, we would chill on the stage take a nap you know, for like for a couple of minutes, get up and start practicing again. Like we, we had so much fun. And then we got to compete together. I got to compete with him for the first time in 2014. And and he's been slaying competitions ever since he, he started competing. Even when um, even when he started going to California and he was killing it there too. Like, man, I'm I'm so proud of I'm so proud of our of our boys in the East Coast, especially you know, all of us coming together like that, like, totally grateful, I think, man. Totally grateful. You know, everybody has played such a big role in our lives, and I think that's, you know, no matter who does a story on us or, like, whatever you see us on, whatever social media platform you see us on, I think me and VJ, we're still practitioners of the game. We're still fans of the people that are in it. You know, we're not just a... Competitors that just uh, you know just to ourselves we we we're still fans of the sport and then saying that yeah oh yeah no you have to like if you if you love the sport so much you got to be obsessed with it but you also got to support those that are that are in the game as well you know you be a good opponent be a good opponent you know but also respect the other opponent respect the other one the other craft dude because oh and in saying you know, so everyone loves we'll the take sport. it to another competition we'll take it to california and that's another place that that really honed in our skills you know so what, what did the the fire knife of samoa competition mean to you the Lechuli competition into the yandel era like what was that like to compete in california because i remember i forgot how that came into our lives but we just found out there was a fire knife competition in and in Cali, and then when you come from Worlds in May, and then you compete in like September, or July, which it was hell. Like it's, you're still in that mode. Well, I I just remember us, you know, going against each other, and then there was so many great, great moments in that place with uh, Pachi Levasa. That was the first time I ever met Pachi. Was in California, you know. So, well, what does that competition meant to you? Uh, so grateful for the Letuli competition. So grateful for Uncle Tui, Uncle Tui Letuli, uh, Tanimalie, um, Tui's brother, 
Um, the whole the whole Letuli family. Um, shout out to them, Auntie Tali, uh, Goes, the whole Letuli family, man. They they they're the ones who um, who I'm so grateful for. That competition really um, just pushed me to become a better fire knife dancer. Uh, that competition, you know, made me grow. Not only the competition in Laie, but competing on the outside of Laie also helped me become a better fire knife dancer. Um, I remember when I first started watching that competition, it was 2004. I was watching it on a DVD. And uh, that's when I saw, um, you know, Malachi Lavatai compete in, in California for the first time. Um, who also competed? Uh, David Naliai competed. Uh, Toyone, um, who else competed? Uh, Jacko uh, Pupuali'i, Sakayo Pupuali'i also competed that year. Um, that was the first time I seen Jacko and Sakayo compete outside of uh, mm-hmm. Laie, outside of PCC. So that was cool. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, wow, there's another competition, you know, besides uh, the PCC. So I was like, wow, why don't we try that? And, you know, that's after La Ia, the oh, PCC man. competition, yeah, we I, wanted to try that, that one. That was a big significant time for me, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> that was the first time, like, ever that I was actually going against you. And, and, and that was, like, the first time where it was just kind of mm-hmm. – I think that was the fun competition. Not like every competition wasn't fun, but – Worlds, there's such a pressure that comes with Worlds because it's Worlds. But California, yeah, of course, there's pressure and stuff. But it was, you got to meet people in California that Fire Knife was not a big thing over there. It was more Tahitian dancing, hula dancing. So Fire Knife was kind of just making its way to where it is now. So where do you see the future of Fire Knife uh, in the future? What is your, what do you want to see in the Fire Knife world coming into the future because it's changed since we first got in. But what do you want to see, you know, the change that you want to make or yeah. just ideas that you that go through your mind of how we as fire dancers and people who aren't fire dancers can enhance the sport? Well, I believe that one day um, in, in, my, in my vision, what I see, you know, I mean... I can't see the future. I don't know what the future uh-huh. holds, but I can tell you what I would like to see um, uh, in the future is that, you know, there'll be more yeah. uh, jobs for fire knife dancers. Um, there'll be more uh, opportunities for them, but also, um, you know, for those who want to become professional, you know, I would recommend them to, you know, go to a school or go to someone who has the knowledge to help you become a, a professional. And then you could go on to becoming an entertainer, like, you know, to dance and, yeah. and, and professionally to make money and stuff like that. Um, I believe, I believe that, you know, there'll be productions around the yeah. world that will love to have a fire knife dancer, um, a fire knife performer, you know, in their show, um, I believe, you know, Fire Knife will be known ar- around the world, uh, more viral than what it is now. Right now, it's growing. It's catching like wildfire. People always refer to the Fire Knife as, you know, the end of the of the show or if, when you go to if you or if you go to Hawaii and, and you see a luau, 
but Fire Knife, Fire Knife is going to be more viral than you think. You you'll see it more in Vegas. You'll see it more in production shows. You'll probably see, um, you'll probably see it on TV. You know, on on different um, circus shows or, or circus acts. Or um, I feel like Fire Knife will just blow up. Fire Knife is going to take over, and you, you'll see it a lot more. And maybe uh, yeah. One day, One day. Fire Knife will be in the Olympics. You know, I mean, that's one of my, that's one of my, that's one of my visions is to see, you know, Fire Knife like a sport almost. I mean, it's an art form. It's an art form and it's a dance, you know, like world dance, uh, like world dance battle with hip hop dancing. But I, but I also believe that yeah, Fire so Knife too. could be in you the know, Olympics as well. I feel like I feel like it, yeah. I feel like it can cross well, over to that sports, world. It could you know, extreme sports like motocross and things like that. But Fire Knife, you know, it is an art form, but the, it it is a sport. You put your body through a lot of stress and things like that, and I, mean, I think it deserves to be up there. So, I think for you, let's talk about you know we we know that you dance for Disney Festival, The Lion King. You know, you're a singer, you're a drummer, you know, and things like that, but. How has your time at Tihati's been? You know what I mean? You know, you've danced at these great shows and like going back to Tihati's, and what was it like your first night dancing over there and being like, man, I, I've had this, just, this illustrious career as a fire dancer, but to bring it back to the place where a lot of our, our heroes come from, you know, in the world of Polynesian dancing, where, what is that like to perform at Tihati's every night on Maui? grateful man so grateful i'm i'm happy very happy to be back on stage mm -hmm. and i'm very happy to be with uh, tihati productions you know um i think i was destined to be a part mm -hmm. of this production company and let me tell you why so i've i grew up learning about tihati productions ever since i was a little kid because a lot of the dancers that moved from Hawaii to Florida, um, they all moved to Florida from Tihati's or from Paradise Cove or from Jermaine's Luau. And a lot of the performers, a lot of the dancers that were coming from Hawaii were from Tihati. And I used to, I didn't know at the time that our uncles, uh, Tali and uh, Wayne Fonoti, they came from Tihati. And they were both dancing at different shows in Florida. And when I saw pictures of them at Tihati, and I'm like, wait, they were at Tihati? And then I saw Kahula, uh, Kahula Brandt, who's also a uh, rest in peace to him. He's a musician. And he was also a musician at Tihati Productions. And, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot uh -huh. of big time entertainer, Polynesian entertainers came from Tihati that moved to Orlando. So that's how I got to know about them. At an early, early age, um, I've come to know about Falinico Vitale, who was the star Fire Knife dancer for Tihati Productions in Waikiki for many years. Um, I grew up learning about him when I was a kid. I've seen pictures of him in magazines. I've seen pictures of, of Tihati Productions back at the Beachcomber in Waikiki. Um, Oh my gosh, I, I I practically grew up around that. So when I stepped on Tiati Production stage, 
I felt like it was a full 360. I felt like it was full circle. I felt like, you know, I was doing my ancestors proud. I was doing my uncles and aunties proud <coughs> that have that I've been with the with the company before and and now I'm dancing on a stage uh-huh. and I'm dancing with the company where yeah. my aunties yeah, and uncles used to work. It's kind of so, like full three sixty. Like I felt, you know, dancing with you at at Luau and Lion King and stuff. Like we've seen we for us performing these shows. And so we've got to be a part of it. So I think that was one of the craziest things of sharing the stage with you and the others with us. You know, shout out to Thailand, Wendia, and all those guys at SeaWorld and, and uh, everybody at Lion King and, and things like that that have really shaped us. And then when I saw you at Tiatis, it was kind of like a no-brainer. It's kind of like you're coming home, you know. So let's talk about your, your new platform, TikTok. You know, you have – how many followers do you have? Almost like 258,000. Followers on TikTok right now, right? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, how was that making that platform? Because anybody that knows my brother, my brother's not really big on social media, on Facebook and Instagram and stuff. But TikTok, what was what was that like when you made your first video and you started getting fans and things like that? And what is your approach of making content for TikTok? What do you what do you go, what goes through your mind when you're trying to post things? Do you have a plan of what well, you're going to post, or is it just ideas? Uh, some of them, some of the videos that I post are with mainly, you know, th- well thought out. Um, usually, before I post, I think about okay, what does what does this bring to the end consumer? Does this bring value? Um, like, what will, will this make their day? Uh, will they will they feel happiness when they see this video? And uh, other videos that I do, it's on the fly. Some of them I'll just think of it like just like that, where it'll only take like ten seconds to think about, and I'll just record it. Dang. Yeah. I think when you started, you know, to get I wouldn't say clout because I think clout is like a a mainstream word. But when you started to, because if you see my brother's TikTok, it's all about positive affirmation and things like that. My brother has been a very, you know essential of bringing fire knife in a different light and bringing himself to it you know uh with your fire knife videos and what you want to achieve with your youtube channel what is your end result that you want to do for your youtube channel because i know tic-tac tic-tac can't be tic-tac tic-tac it's only a minute you know you get to you're very limited on what you want to show but your youtube channel that you have started what is your goal with that what do you want to bring to your audience that you develop over tiktok Sorry, can you repeat that question again? I, I, I couldn't hear you. Sorry about that. All good, man. I'm going to edit that in post. Let me okay. remember. <laughs> no, I was going to say, you know, with your YouTube channel and TikTok, you know, what is your goal with your YouTube channel compared to your TikTok? Because I know TikTok is only a minute. You only have a minute to show your best. But what is your goal with the YouTube channel? What is your content that you want to show that's different? Because you have almost you're almost hitting a thousand subscribers in your short amount of time, you know? So, yeah. So what do you want to do for that YouTube channel? Well, with the YouTube, um, I really just want to try and shoot out the, uh, the main content with the fire knife, uh, talking about it more, 
um, doing more tutorials, uh, long tutorials on there, um, just showing value about the fire knife. Not only about fire knife, there's other things that I want to do besides fire knife on my YouTube page. It's not only going to be a fire knife page. Um, I'm actually going to be doing more than just fire knife. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just want to bring value and bring positivity to those who uh, come on my page. Same thing that I'm doing on TikTok, except with longer videos on YouTube. Got you. Well, I have my co-anchor here that comes out of nowhere, and he wants to ask you a couple of questions. Let's hear it for Billy Joe Larson, everybody. Yeah. All right, BJ wants to ask you. B- BJ Brother Larson? BJ some questions. Yeah, BJ Larson. Yes, sir. All right, BJ. Yes, so, sir. So I'm the I'm the kind of guy that just pops out of nowhere and asks like uh, some in depth questions. But one of these questions has to relate to uh, your TikTok and the amount of followers. What would you say is an ugly truth that people like to ignore when they see the success that you have? Like a lot of people I know tend to like want to get all the success and all the followers. But what is an ugly truth for you? Kind of to just tell them like. This is something you can't skip to get there. Well, when I, when I, when I first started doing it, I was like, okay, you know, th- this seems fun, you know. But then when I started to get followers, and I would post one video and it didn't get as the following that I wanted, I started to, you know, my my human side kicked in and I started to feel like, man, this is bullcrap. I don't want to do this anymore. Like. Like, you know what I mean? Like, man, I, I yeah. think I'm going to give up on it. But, you know, you, you can't, you got to stop watching others that have a million followers or a million likes on a video. Like, you can't copy what they do. Like, you can, you can see and watch what other people do, but don't copy what other people do. You got to be, you just got to be authentic, man. Yeah. And when you when you see see the that you're not getting as much views, and you started to digress and kind of take it on your own to make more and more, what kind of pushed you to stay consistent even though the outcome of the views weren't where you expected? Uh, watching Gary V. Okay. You know who Gary V is? We have no idea who that no. is. <laughs> Enlighten us. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, shout out to him. I, you know, shout out so, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Gary V, um, honestly, he's the one that started my TikTok journey. He's a entrepreneur. He's a CEO of VaynerMedia in New York. Um, if you have, if, whenever you have the time, go check him out on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. Gary Vaynerchuk, um, he's the one who does keynotes around the world. Uh, for those who want to do their own business, whoever wants to run their own business or do personal branding for themselves. Um, he was the one that was saying, you know, if you want to personal brand yourself, if you want to, um, you know, show more content about your business and get your business out there in the world for people to know, why don't you start posting on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, uh, Pinterest, and all, all those social media platforms. And I was like, you know, wow, maybe I should try and teach something about fire knife because I tried to do it on Instagram a couple years back, but I got discouraged and it wasn't doing anything. But after listening to Gary Vaynerchuk, 
And, you know, just something, you know, a, a fire lit inside of me. And I said, you know, I really want to build, I want to build something. I don't know what I'm going to build. I don't know if I'm going to build a company or whatever, but I want to build something. And yeah, Gary Vaynerchuk, man. Oh, okay. Well, that's all my time. Thank you so much for answering two oh, questions. Oh, man. Yes. Hey, Solid. Let's Thank give you, it up brother. for Cole Wanker Anchor. Hey, Cole Wanker. Woohoo! Come on. Paul Anchor. Paul Anchor. Paul Anchor. <laughs> Put your head on my shoulder. Yeah, sorry, guys. <laughs> Hold me in your arms. <laughs> hey, no, sorry. listening to the podcast if you have if you know paul anka or engelbert humperdinck let us know we're big fans that's that's mine yeah engelbert's the shiznit man anybody who doesn't listen to engelbert man keep following us man. <laughs> but man, if you don't listen to engelbert man you're bogus man yeah that's bogus man <laughs> <laughs> i think i mean I, what i love about your tiktok is that you are authentic I don't. I mean, I have a TikTok app just so I can watch your stuff, and I'm just not saying that just because I'm your little brother. I really, we love your stuff because it's different. Everybody is pretty much imitating each other. Pavita is very authentic and very unique, and I think that's why he has the following that he has, and almost as many likes and followers as he does have. Because he's, you know, when I go through his comments, there's no negative comments. <laughs> you know, it's just like the king well, of. I, I've, well, I've had, I, I've had some. Uh some negative comments i've had but it's honestly okay like i i accept i accept all comments positive or negative it is what it is you know it, it's it's a part of the journey you know if you can't accept if you can't accept the um the negativity comments then 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 you're not made to 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 do social media you're not made to go out there and to do what you do you have to accept all the good and all the bad yeah, I think that's because it's part of life. You 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 need a balance. It's it's a part of it. Yeah, you know, don't let don't let the you can't let the the hate comments get to you. It's 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 part of the journey. It has to be a part of the journey. Yeah, and I think I think we've said this to each other, but I think for us, we've been through a, a lot of ups and downs in this, and not even just in the the fire night world, but just just how hard it is to you know, to perform all the time and all of that. Like for somebody that's listening to this, who's just now getting to the fire knife game, what is the advice do you have? What's the advice that you have for a first timer that wants to get into shows, get into the sport? What is the advice you would, you would give for a total beginner that want to do this and see all these. Don't rush. Do this? Yeah. Don't, don't rush. Don't rush into it. Mm -hmm. Do not rush. Don't say, that you're going to do basics today and then tomorrow you want to do a hard trick tomorrow mm -hmm. or like you want to, you want to advance to another trick. You got to take your time. You got to love what you do. Like what we did when I grew up, I didn't rush it. You know, I just let it flow because I loved it so much. I didn't think about, you know, performing. All I wanted to do was go outside and practice, you know, mm -hmm. performing just, it just happened. You know, it just came, you know, gradually, you know, I didn't force it at all, but you just got to take your time. You just got to take your time. If you really love it that much, you'll put in the work. If you love it, if you really want it, you'll put in the work. You'll, you'll go outside, you'll practice, you'll, 
you'll you'll sit inside the living room and sit on your couch and just spin it or you'll or you'll lay on your bed and spin the stick or you're or you're just walk down the sidewalk and spinning the stick like if you love it that much you'll find ways but man. just don't rush just fall in love with it amen man i like that just fall in love with it yeah yeah i think i think we've we've loved and had a passion for the fire knife before we ever competed in it you know and you are my older brother you know we are blood you know what i mean i just want to say thank you and then you know, before I, I think every every podcast that I do has similar questions, and for me, my Mount Rushmore. I've always asked people what my what their what Mount Rushmore Fire Knife is, but my Mount Rushmore is you, Mika, Uncle Homa, Danny McGowan, Junior Natani. You know what I mean? And and those are just the people that I feel like have in my life. You know, for I have different Mount Rushmores for the competition itself, but for the people that really truly. You know, and I would put dad up there. If there was another president's face up there, I'd put dad up there, you know, and Uncle Seppa, because even Uncle Seppa has taught me a lot. And for you, who's your Mount Rushmore finite? Who is your top three or top four? I know it's kind of hard, but that's who are hard. The dancers that have made the most impact on your life. And if, you know, if that's a hard question, then we can just be like, you know, we could generalize it because we, 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 we have so many. So many people, but for that Mount Rushmore, that's who I think was my favorite. Well, man, that's hard to say. I feel like my Mount Rushmore would be bigger than four people. Mm -hmm. I feel like my Mount Rushmore would be, which would be more than four or five people. Yeah, but I, I, I will name a few. I will name uh, people that inspired me. Mm -hmm. um, Mika, Mika, most definitely. Mm -hmm. um, Uncle Homa, Alvin, uh, Junior, and Danny uh, McGowan. Mm -hmm. um, and also um, Cielo Avea, Ifi So'o, watching them in the competitions in the beginning. Patsy Levasa, mm -hmm. um, and David Naliai. Mm -hmm. um, the other champion that I've watched uh, when I was a kid as well. Um, Tuyone Tovo from watching him as a kid mm -hmm. in the Cirque du Soleil show. Um, Carl Sant. Oh, Carl Sant. Another guy, another guy uh, who who's on my Mount Rushmore because I watched him since I was a kid and now he's uh, dancing for Cirque du Soleil. Mm -hmm. Um Who's another guy? Dad as well. He mm -hmm. he he pushed me like the heck, man. Um, who's it? And there, there's two. Oh, there's too many, man. Malo Seleni. Oh yeah. Malo Seleni. Yeah, Malo. Malo Seleni. <laughs> Freddie Latuli. Freddie Latuli, definitely, because he is the man, the master of all. Uh, he's the master of all fire knife dancing. Um, he's like, yeah, he's the he's the top of the pyramid. He's the top of the of the Mount Rushmore, and that would be Freddie Latuli. He's the one who started all definitely. Falenico Vitale is another one. Uh, Foimoy, Pulefano, Pulefano Maliai, Prince Tefili. 
Oh, Prince Defili, yeah. Prince Defili, man, all those guys are on the Mount Rushmore. All of them. I know my Mount Rushmore is more than four or five people, but it's okay. Because all those people have uh, have done something to um, make me grow in the in the life and in the fire knife world and in the and in entertainment world as well. I think so. I mean, for me, I have a lot more too. But for me, like those are the people in mind that made that they impacted me. That really changed my my perception mm-hmm. on fire knife. You know, and well, you know, oh, and 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 Cielo Abel too. Cielo Abel, chief, you know. Yeah, yeah. Chief is a uh, is an awesome person. I I got to dance with him. We both got to dance with him at Chiefs Luo, uh when we would visit. So shout out to mm-hmm. Chiefs and and all those boys, you know. And uh, I love that show, man. Man, you know, I'll say this is kind of like the closing remarks of of the of the podcast. And if you have any other insights or or things that you want to share, please share it with us because you know I. I'll put this out there, and I truly mean this. You know, like you are a champion that, like, you know, that people, that people sometimes they uh, they don't see what you have accomplished, your achievements. You know what I mean? Like, I just remember when uh, in 2013 you weren't there. You know what I mean? But I competed in the semis and things, and all the champions came up on stage, and then somebody said, "Do we have everybody?" And then and then Delta said, "No, we're missing DJ." You know what I mean? We're missing BJ and EP Soto. And that's what made me realize that you are you are embedded in the culture of fire forever. You know what I mean? You are a trailblazer. You are an innovative person. You are a man of many talents. You can sing, you can drum and dance and things like that. One of the last questions I want to ask you is, what is the most memorable performance that you've ever had outside of the competition? Like, what is... A, Memorable time and moment that you can recall is like a oh, where you know where you knew in your heart that Brian Knife is what you wanted to do for the rest of your life. A performance outside of the competition. Yep. Or you can you Does know there is to... one in competition. You can share that too. Um, I'll share a couple. Uh, one of the first ones that I that I knew that I wanted to be a fire knife dancer uh, was when I was dancing at, uh, when I was dancing at, at Universal Studios. Remember in front of the Quicksilver? Oh yeah, I remember store. that, that city walk. And I was dancing with no fire. I was just dancing with a, with a blade. And when I was dancing that time, I knew I knew I knew at that time I wanted to become a fire knife dancer. I knew I wanted to be a fire knife dancer. Yeah. For, for forever, for as long as I could. Mm-hmm. Um at that time. And that was a performance that I'll never forget. I, I still remember it. I still remember dad right in the back of us, Uncle Teeny and Sefa on the drums. <laughs> and I and I was dancing right in the middle of Quicksilver. Mm-hmm. Uh, well in in front of the Quicksilver store at City Walk. Mm-hmm. Um that that's a performance that I, I knew. Um, another performance on the competition stage um, that was my first year, actually, 2005, uh, when I competed in the juniors for the first time. I competed the first time ever on the world stage. That was the time where I knew that I wanted to 
be on the competition stage more and more and that I wanted to win and I wanted to uh, make a bigger impact in the fire knife world. Yeah. And you, and you truly have, you know, and now I'm going to talk to you as little brother, not interviewer, you know, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for everything that you have give, given to the, to the fire knife world and to, entertainment in general you know why i wanted you on the podcast so bad not just because you're my older brother it's because you have made an impact you know without getting your recognition and i really wanted to bring that bring that out that you love this sport just as much as anyone else you know and i think that when people see you and when people talk to you they see the passion that you have and that you have to me, one of the best spirits about you when it comes to, to life, you know, and I, I mean that as your little brother and as somebody that we are, we, you know, we are connected by blood, but I am so glad that we are bound by the fire that we both have done together. You know, I can't wait for that day for me and you to, to share the stage once again. So I just want to say Amen, how thankful man. I am to, to have you on. Amen. Anytime my brother, you know, I'm here for you and you're, you're another guy that, uh, that I, that I look up to, you know, mm-hmm. especially in the fire knife world, you know, growing up together and, you know, watching how creative you are with what you're doing, even with what you do with the fire knife, like seeing the tricks that you come up with, it's pretty unreal. And I'm, I'm totally grateful um, for that. And, and, oh, and I also want to shout out to, uh, um, shout out to all the boys in La Ia, man. Oh, oh. Shout out to the La Ia community. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so grateful for the Laia community because, um, you know, people in Laia that, that, that live in Orlando now that I got to meet, you know, and that I got to hang out with and be with, uh, Ikona, Pescaya, uh, Benson, Tevanga, and Charlie Talataina and all those Laia boys, uh, meeting them and then getting to know the PCC community, also to the Laia community in Oahu, um, so grateful for all of them, and if it honestly, if it wasn't for them too, for for getting to know the Laia community, you know, I wouldn't be where I'm at t- today as well. You know, Laia plays a big part in my life. Being in Laia, the people that we've met, um, huh. man, that place is special. Totally grateful for Laia. Laia is like my second home. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I just wanted to say that. Thank you, Laia, L-Town, and I love everyone in L-Town. Shout out to uh, to uh, MJ and to uh, to Dallin Muti, uh, Marcus Muti, all the Laia boys, Stana, Misiona, yes. Sir. Yes, all the boys. Dre Manu Maleuna. Hey. Yes, sir, Laia boys. You know, that have really embraced us as a you know and i i mean i i always say that the best moments in our you know in my life we're, we're sharing the stage with you either competition or or at sea world you know we're I, I, we'll pull back the curtain you know me and me and vj we were when we were younger we weren't really that that close you know what i mean we of course we we had fire knife to bring us together and of course we were always around each other but i felt like when when BJ left Orlando and went to Maui, I felt like that's when we realized, like, you know, we we, we can create things together and, and create a bigger impact. So I'm really proud to have you on here. So where can people find you 
and uh, on your uh, social medias and how can people hit you up. And also, we know that you teach fire knives as well. And, you know, we know that uh, the classes are, you know, kind of postponed right now. But where can people find you on social media to get a closer look in your life? Hey, guys, um, if you can go on uh, TikTok, uh, type in uh, Via Via Tumalu Jr., uh, V-I-A, V-I-A, Tumalu, same as last name as my brother, uh, J-R with Junior, with period. So yes, go check me out on TikTok, and also go check out my U- my YouTube channel. It's up right now, Via Via Tumalu Junior. Go check it out, and uh, yeah, just grateful, man. Grateful for everything, and um, yeah, man. Yes, yes. Oh, and two people we haven't shouted out <laughs> because they're a part of our family too, of course. Shout out to our mom, you know, Emma Elizabeth, and shout out to our sister Avon and and uh, and Emma Meliane for for actually being there for us and all of and cheerleading for us in our competitions and being there through the ups and downs. Man, we, you know, we as a family we've we've been through our ups and downs, but we're we're so glad that they've taught us what we needed to do to make an impact in people's lives. So thank you, mom. Thank you, sis and, and princess. And, and thank you, VJ. Oh yeah. You know, thank you so much for coming. Oh, thank you guys. And yeah, thank you mom and all of that. I mean, so grateful for their support. Thank you guys. And, all, and also Yvette, we, we, and Yvette, man, the VJ's wifey, you know, biggest supporter of my brother as well, you know, shout out to Yvette and, uh, Shout out to everybody that has made an impact in our lives. So thank you so much for coming again. Well, guys, this concludes the Fire Knife Life podcast with yours truly, Rexy Tumalu. You can find me on Instagram, RexyTumalu.com. You can also follow our company page, That Mana Life, on Instagram. What's up, everybody? I hope you guys like that episode with me and VJ. You know, we have a lot of love for this art form, this passion that we have for this art form. And uh, our, you know, our stint in Mongomu was such an awesome time in our lives. We love Mika. We love our Orlando family. We are so grateful to be a part of this community. And uh, thank you so much, everybody, for for coming in and tuning in to my brother's journey. And also, next week, we continue Mongomu Week with the five-time champion, Mika Ele Oloa. And next week is one of my most favorite weeks is be- or episodes rather because we get to tell you the secret of the Orlando Fire Knife style and how it changed um people say all the time that Fire Knife changed in Florida and next week we reveal a huge secret to our success and to our style so i can't wait to premiere that episode but until then also actually before i end this <laughs> Mana Collective, um, we're having our um, Kickstarter for our movie, for the post-production of our movie. So if you can donate anything to the uh, to the Kickstarter, that will be amazing to help us uh, bring this project to life. And also, I'll be teaching some Zoom classes, Fire Knife Zoom classes, uh, one-on-one lessons, $5 for one-on-one uh, lessons, and $10 for the group Zoom class. So 
Whoever wants to learn this art form of fire knife dancing in Siva Afi, please let me know. DM me at Rexy Tumalu on Instagram, Mana Collective on Instagram, and Mana Collective on Facebook, ManaCollective.com. And until then, until next week for Mika's episode, peace.